John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. Turn to Philippians chapter number 4. And while you're there, is everybody there? All right, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you that you do love us. And God, we thank you for showing your love, your power, your sovereignty to us each and every day of our lives. And God, I'm so thankful there's nothing that I can do to make you love me any more nor any less. Because I look at John Cannon and I see my own imperfections. I see my own failures. I see my own sin. And that's what amazes me. And all the flaws that I see in my own life. I'm amazed that you love me still. Help us, God, to never lose sight of the wonder of your love for us. And Father, I invite you, oh, I need you, as we share this message today, I pray, God, that you would meet with us. And God, that you would finger around in our hearts. And God, I know a lot of the different issues that are going on with the families of Victory Church. There are some sitting here today that are very joyful and excited about, God, what you're doing. And, and Lord, there's some sitting here today with a tremendous amount of pain and heartache. And as we enter into a Thanksgiving season, sometimes as we look around, it's hard to be thankful. And Lord, I just pray that you would do a work in all of our hearts, God, that only you can do. I pray you'd use me to convey this message. I ask you, Lord, to speak through me this morning. I pray you would open up our hearts and help us to hear what it is you are specifically saying to us as individuals. Father, we ask you to bless the remainder of our time. If there's one here today that doesn't know you as their Lord and as their Savior, I pray that today they would enter into that relationship with you. God, if there's one here today that's a child of yours, but they've drifted afar from you. I pray that today would be a homecoming day for them. God, you would draw them back to yourself and you'd reveal yourself to them. I ask your blessings on our time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was um, in my garage earlier in the week and... I ran across an aerosol can. Actually, the can that I saw was a WD-40 can. I had all intentions of bringing that can with me this morning, and guess what? I forgot it. So I went frantically through this school looking for a can that spoke the same message that the WD-40 can spoke in my garage, and I found one. 
Now, this is a stainless steel cleaner aerosol can. But what grabbed my attention was the caution label on the can. Have you ever stopped and just read a can? And the big bold letters that say caution? Many times we already know what it says, but a lot of times we don't really pay attention to it, do we? Until sometimes it's too late. But this can, listen to what it says. Caution, contents, under pressure. Caution, contents, under pressure. You know, whenever I saw that WD-40 can in my garage and I read that, I thought, you know, that explains me. And I want you to know that I'm going to share a message with you today that I know the Lord laid on my heart just to preach to me. Matter of fact, as soon as I finished putting it all together, I was in the office and I was in my study and I came out of my study. I'd sent it to the printer to print it off. And I walked around, I pulled it out of the printer and I said, Donetta, and it was in her office. And I said, here's the message. But I want you to know this message was for me. The Lord preached to me today. And I felt like I needed to share that message with you. Contents under pressure. The title of my message is How to Be Thankful in Stressful Times. Guys, we're entering into Thanksgiving. Are we not? Right around the corner. And I'm looking forward to it. I love Thanksgiving meals. I love getting together with the family. I enjoy, I know it's going to sound, some of you may ask for my man card. But I enjoy, I, I like, I really like a nice decorated Thanksgiving table. I enjoy that. I like all the plates to match. I like all the utensils to match. I love all the glasses to match. And I love it to be well decorated. My family, my daughter's in there. Mm, yeah, daddy's freaky about that stuff. It's Thanksgiving. I love for the family to get around the table. I love to, matter of fact, last year at Thanksgiving, I'm taking pictures of the whole process of how the table's evolving with all the, the turkey and the sides and the potatoes and, and, and everything else around there. And I'm, I'm sending pictures to my family back in North Carolina. Look at our Thanksgiving table. Dumb stuff, I know. But I enjoy that time of year. Thanksgiving. But at the same time, I realize that many of us are living our lives exactly as the aerosol can had on it, caution, contents, under pressure. And I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life it seems like the least little thing can almost just make me explode. We're all carrying so much. We're all involved in so much. We're all extremely busy. All of our plates are running over. And the pressure, not only of life in and of itself, but for me, of leading a family, of trying to be a godly husband, and at the same time trying to be a godly father, at the same time the responsibilities and the care of the church, the pressures of the ministry, the pressures of the finances, the realization that we are entering into a $1.4 million debt. <laughs> I'm still standing. <laughs> but you know, I, I know that's the direction we need to go. The point I'm trying to make is pressure. Is on all of us, is it not? 
We all have life situations. I know I look across the congregation and many of you, I know what's going on in your personal lives. And because I've been able to be involved in your life and visit you in the hospitals and pray over a loved one and and counsel some of you with illnesses and different things that you're going through. I mean, as a pastor, you really get to know over a period of time all the little ins and outs of your congregation and what people are dealing with. I know you're dealing with a lot of stuff. And sometimes we can find that it's very difficult at Thanksgiving to be thankful when we realize the pressures that we're under. Caution. Contents under pressure. I think could be a label that all of us wear across our chest. Would you agree? How many can identify with what I'm saying? You know, I think about Tyler, even college students, and the exams and the tests and the studies and the research and caution, contents under pressure. I don't know how many of you are familiar with home stress scale. If you've done any counseling classes, as I was working on my master's in counseling, pastoral counseling, we had to become pretty familiar with the Holmes stress scale. And on that stress scale, you come up to the realization after research and study that there are different things that happen in individuals' lives that they number them from 100 to to number 1 or 0 of the most stressful things that take place in an individual's life. One of the most stressful things is the death of a spouse or a loved one. It can cause great stress in an individual's life. Not only is there the death of a spouse, but divorce is there, the death of a loved one. But here's one of the things that I found interesting. On home scale of stress, one of the highest reasons that people find themselves in very stressful environments or times or seasons is from Thanksgiving to New Year's. Matter of fact, research and statistics tell us that there are more suicides, people taking their own life between Thanksgiving and New Year's than any other time of the year. That almost really blows me away. But when you stop and unpack the dynamics of the holiday season with Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and all that's taking place there, sometimes it's real easy to find ourselves getting depressed or getting extreme pressure placed upon us or the loss of a loved one. Many times the memories are just so overwhelming that it's hard to even celebrate and move forward. We've all experienced that in some form or another. And I get to thinking, boy, how in the world can we be thankful at Thanksgiving with all the stress? I want to draw your attention to Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter number 4 was one of the epistles written by the Apostle Paul. And someone has asked one time, what is an epistle? Well, an epistle is the wife of an apostle. You do know that, don't you? I'm just kidding. An epistle is a letter. It's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. Now, I want you to understand the theme of the entire book of Philippians is a little three-letter word called joy. It's a very exciting book. It's a very joyful book. It's a book filled with thanksgiving. It's a book filled with jubilation. It's a book filled with joy. But at the same time as this letter is filled with joy, I think it's very important that we understand the backdrop of this letter and who wrote it and what his circumstances were when he was writing the book, the epistle, the letter to the church at Philippi. 
It was written by the Apostle Paul. But I want you to understand that what was going on in the Apostle Paul's life was a very difficult time. Listen, if anyone had any excuse to worry, if anyone had any excuse to be filled with stress, if anyone had any excuse to be depressed and down and out and gloomy and feeling sorry for themselves, it was Paul at this season of his life. You see, because Paul penned the letter written to the church at Philippi, while he was in prison. Now, you got to understand, he wasn't in a prison in the United States of America where we have flat panel, high definition TV screens, where we have tremendously very nice weight room equipment and treadmills and weights where the barracks are a lot nicer than anything maybe some of the individuals ever lived in. I'm not talking about that type of a prison. I'm talking about a cold Damp, dark dungeon that the Apostle Paul is in. Now, not only is he under arrest for preaching the gospel, not only is he now in prison in a dark, damp, cold, filthy, depressing dungeon, but there are also divisions in the church at Philippi. If you read the first part of chapter number four, you'll find there are two ladies that are fussing in the church. And these two ladies that are fussing in the church, the scripture does not tell us why they are fussing. It does not tell us what exactly is taking place. But the letter does tell us that there is so much division between these two ladies that it has caused a great divide in the church. And the church at Philippi, which Paul started, is now being divided by the fussing and the arguing that's taking place in this church. So not only does Paul look around at his own circumstances and finds himself in a very bad set of circumstances, but he looks back to where he's poured his heart and his ministry into the church at Philippi, and he sees that these two ladies are causing a great, great division in the church. But not only at the church at Philippi is there problems, we also read that at the church at Rome there are problems There's great division, there's strife, there's arguing, there's conflict that's taking place at the church at Rome. Now you've got to understand something about church planting. Whenever you go into an area, as the Apostle Paul did, and he poured his life into the church, the region, the people at Philippi, when he left there, he left a part of himself there. Amen? You know, some folks have asked about victory. And you know what? Victory Church is my life. I mean, what happens to Victory Church happens directly to me personally. I mean, I take it that way. Why? Because I poured my life into this work. And to see division as the Apostle Paul would have has saw division in Philippi and Rome will literally just tear your heart apart. Paul is dealing with that. But yet, in the midst of understanding there's division at the church at Philippi, in the midst of understanding there's division in the church at Rome, in the midst of looking around in his own circumstances, in this dark, damp, cold dungeon, he writes a letter that's laced. Word after word after word filled with joy and excitement. 
The question is, can we be thankful in the midst of our troubles and our trials and our stress and our burdens? Well, the answer is yes. Long story short, the answer is yes. Let me fast forward. I'm going to leave out a few more things that I was going to unpack about the, this, this whole letter. Just let me fast forward and move straight to the meat of the message. I want to share with you a strategy. I want to share with you from the, from the writings of the Apostle Paul in chapter 4 and verse number 6 and following. I want to share with you how we can be thankful even in stressful times. The first thing, take out your sermon notes and jot this down if you will, please. The first, first thing I want you to jot down, to relieve stress, to be thankful in stressful seasons and times in our life, first of all, we must worry about nothing. I know that's going to be hard to get a hold of, but let me unpack it a little bit. Number one, worry about nothing. Look what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 in the first part of verse number 6. He says, don't worry about anything. Now, that's kind of hard, isn't it? But here is a statement from Paul. He says, don't worry. Guys, do you realize that we have micro worries and macro worries in our life? I mean, the micro worries are the things going on in our own individual world. Things going on in our life, such as finances. We worry about finances, especially in a tough economy, which, by the way, in this part of the country, you ought to consider yourself extremely, extremely blessed. Because there are other parts of the country that have been hit a lot harder than what folks around here have been hit as far as the economy. We ought to consider ourselves blessed living in this part of the country because there are still quite a few jobs. And it's probably because of, I know it's because of the military that's created a lot more jobs in this area. And we need to be thankful for that. But many times we find ourselves stressed over the, over the finances in our own personal life, maybe over the health of our own life, maybe over the health of a loved one in our family or, or an issue or a job or a career field change. Or, or we find those are micro stresses or micro worries. But not only do we have the micro worries, we have the macro worries. What are those? Well, we turn on the TV and we watch Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or whatever news channel you choose to watch. We watch these news channels and we see, we see what's taking place around the world. Matter of fact, you know, there was a day when I monitored it all the time. I mean, in my study I had Fox TV wired in there and I had Fox News Channel on all the time in my office and had the volume down but I could read it and see what's taking place it got to the point I couldn't watch it anymore. I mean, I realized I was feeling so down and discouraged and what's going on. And I realized, you know what it is? I am filling my mind 24-7 with what's going on around this world. Now, I don't think we as Christians ought to, ought to be like an ostrich and go stick our head in the sand and act like everything's fine and nothing's going on. I think we should have some input or some some concerns about what's going on in our world. But I found in my life it was just bringing me down. So I had to, listen, we got the micro worries and we got the macro worries of what's going on in our world today. I mean, that in and of itself is really almost enough to keep us from being thankful at Thanksgiving. Amen? So Paul is saying, don't worry about anything. I read an article by Dr. Walter um, Calvert, and he says this. He, he did some research on worrying. And his results were this. 
40% of your worries never happen. 40% of your worries never happen. I want you to write down a list from 1 to 10. Just kind of do it in your mind or subconsciously. Or if you want to write them down, write them down. Make a list of the top 10 things in your life you worry about. And then I want you to go down through that list and scratch off four of those. Because 40% of your worries never happen. They never come to play, come, in, come into, into fruition. He also did this research and he found out that 30% of your worries concern the past. 40% never happen. 30% concern the past. Now question, can we do anything about the past? There is nothing we can do about the past. Amen? You know what? The only thing we can do anything with is the present. Yesterday, yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is a promissory note. Today is cash in the hand. Hello? Today is the only day we can do anything with. So 30% of our worries concern the past of your list of ten. Scratch off three more. Four will never take place. Three more. 30%. Of those worries concern the past. Twelve percent of your worries are needless health concerns. And this is the research that Dr. Walter uh, Calvert did. Twelve percent, he found out, of our worries are needless health concerns. And then he found out that ten percent of your worries are insignificant and petty issues, leaving only eight percent of your worries that are actual legitimate concerns. Amen? So of those ten, you barely have one to worry about. So Paul is saying, stop worrying. Amen? Stop. Worrying doesn't change anything. You know what worrying is? Worrying is stewing without doing. I mean, we're just thinking about it all the time. And there's not a thing in the world we can do about it. And he's saying, stop, stop, stop worrying. And guys, by the way, do you realize that worry is a learned response? Now, that's, the, that's kind of the, the bad news. Worry is a learned response. I mean, most people learn worry from their parents. If parents are worry warts, most of the time they're going to produce children that just have learned to worry because they've watched mom and dad worry. Hello? It's either your parents or your peers or your experience, something that's caused you to learn the habit of worry. Now, the good news is, because it is a learned response, therefore we can unlearn that. Okay? We can unlearn that way of thinking and that way of doing things. And we do that by listening to what Jesus said. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 34, get this, Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You know what the Lord is saying there? He said, don't put up your umbrella until it's raining. Hello? Live one day at a time. Now, that's what he tells us not to do. Now, you've got to understand something. Whenever God tells us not to do something, he's going to come right behind that with something we are to do. Okay? We've got to put away this learned behavior of worrying about everything. And we've got to unlearn that learned concept of worrying, okay? So we're going to put that away. The second thing, jot this down. Not only worry about nothing, but secondly, to remove stress, to be thankful in a stressful period, pray about everything. Not only worry about nothing, secondly, pray about everything. Look what he says, same verse. He says, don't worry about anything, but 
in everything through what? Through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So we need to stop worrying and we need to what? Start. Talk to me, church. Stop worrying and start praying. And here's the cool thing about it. You say, well, my schedule's packed already. I don't have any more time to, to set aside just to pray. Here's an idea. Look at your schedule and think about all those times that you are worrying. And whenever you start to worry, slide it out and pray right there. Amen? So as you're going throughout your day and something comes up and you're starting to fret about it, and you're starting to stop immediately and whisper a prayer and pray about everything. Hello? We need to, we need to reteach ourselves. We need to unlearn this principle of worrying and learn how to be a person of prayer. Paul is saying, remember his environment. Remember his circumstances. Remember where he is. He's saying, he of all people, don't worry about anything. Paul, you're in prison, dude. You're in a damp, cold dungeon, man. Your churches are falling apart. But yet he says, don't worry. Hello? You think you got problems? Paul had problems. But he said, don't worry. But he said, in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Sometimes we think that God is only concerned about the religious stuff in our life. May I let you know that God is not only concerned about the religious stuff, He's concerned about everything in your life. Not just the religious stuff. He's concerned about everything. And Paul is saying, pray in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Now, I want you to notice how he says we are to pray. He says pray with what? Petition. In other words, he's saying, I want you to pray specifically with petition. Jot these things down. Pray specifically. Many times our prayers are way too general. We say, God, just bless us, don't we? God, just do whatever you've got to do. Well, you know what? A lot of times what God has to do in our life, many times He has to break us. Many times He has to take us through hard places. So that blessing that we're praying for and that do whatever you got to do, God, we may have just given God position or, 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 I guess, permission in our life to just bankrupt us. Hello? Physical illnesses? I mean, I'm not saying that we really have a lot of control over all that. But I'm saying that we need to pray specifically. He's saying pray with petition. Detailed, specific, direct prayers. And why should we do that? Because He cares about us. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all of your care on Him because He cares for you. Listen, guys, every detail of your life we should be offering up to God in prayer because He cares about it. I love how 1 Peter 5, 7 is mentioned and referenced in the Living Bible. It says this, let him have all of your worries and your cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. So pray about everything. Number three, jot this one down. Not only must we worry about nothing, not only must we pray about everything, but number three, we thank God in all things. Now here's what we're to be doing. Thank God in all things. Guys, you know what the healthiest human Emotion is, many times people say love. No, that's not the healthiest human emotion. You know what the healthiest human emotion is? 
gratitude. Matter of fact, if we would learn to live with a heart that's filled with gratitude and just being thankful, research has found that if we have a spirit of gratitude, it actually increases our immunities. It's healthy. Hello? To have a spirit of gratitude, of just simply being thankful. Gratitude makes us more resistant to stress and less susceptible to illnesses. I mean, that's just research and facts have proven that. And the scripture says that in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. You know what we need to cultivate in our life? An attitude of gratitude. Hello? Even in the midst of our circumstances, whether it's a dark, cold, damp dungeon that we find ourselves in, whatever it is, we need to learn to be thankful in all things. So I want to ask you a question. What are you going through right now in your life? And I know what some of you are going through. And I know some hard places where some of you are. And I would still give you counsel from the Word of God. Don't worry. Put that out of your life. Pray about that thing. And be thankful. Start offering up a spirit of thankfulness and gratitude for God for what He's doing now in your life and what He's going to do in your life. Hello? Guys, that's good stuff. And that's not for me. That's what Paul is saying. In this damp, dark, cold dungeon, he's saying that we need to stop worrying. We need to pray. We need to thank God in all things. First Thessalonians 5 and 18 says, Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now notice what that verse says. Give thanks in everything. Notice it does not say give thanks for. Okay? In parentheses right there is what I inserted. Not for. Give thanks in everything. Not for everything. I mean, there are some things that we got to deal with in life that I just wish we didn't have to deal with. Hello? So we're not thankful for everything, but we are thankful in everything. As we are going through it, we now can say, okay, am I going to let this make me a bitter person or a better person? Am I going to worry about this thing and and just be miserable to, to myself and everybody around me? Or am I still going to praise God in the midst of what's taking place in my life? We need to learn to be thankful. Hello? Don't worry. Pray. Thank God in everything. People ask, well, how can you be thankful? How can you be thankful when you get bad news? How can you be thankful when your finances are gone? How can you be thankful when you lose your job? How can you be thankful when things just aren't going good in your household or in your family? You know how you can? The only way you can is when you are in Christ Jesus. I want you to notice what 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says. Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you. What? In Christ Jesus. Only in and through Him can we be thankful in every circumstance that we find ourselves in. Hello? Not in your own strength. It's in Him. So we need to learn to thank God in all things. Let me give you number four and jot this one down. To relieve stress, to be thankful in a stressful season or time of your life. Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. Thank God in all things. And number four, think. Think 
about the right things. Boy, the way we think really determines whether we're going to have a spirit of gratitude or not. Look what Paul told us in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 8. He says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence, if there's any praise, dwell on these things. So what are you thinking about? You see, we need to change the way we think. I love what Proverbs 23, 7 says. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. The scripture says, as you think in your heart, so are you. Change the way we think. Scripture says that we're to think on things that are true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable. Dwell and think on these things. Because you see, the way we think determines the way we feel. And the way we feel determines the way we act. And we respond. So change the way we think. Don't worry. Pray. Thank God. And think about the right thing. What's the result of doing all this? You know what the result is? The result is the peace of God. I want you to look in verse number 7, Philippians 4, in verse number 7. It says this, And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What's the result? If we throw out the worry and we put in the praying and we put in the gratefulness and just thanking God in all things, not for all things, but in all things, and we change the way we think, we're thinking about things that are true and lovely and pure and things of good report, we're changing the way we think. The result of all of that is that we can have the peace of God in our lives. A peace that passes all understanding. So let me ask you a question this morning. What are you worrying about? Are you like that can, caution, contents, under pressure? You know what we need to do? We need to relieve some of the pressure. And how do we do that? We realize that God is in control. We realize that He is sovereign. We have a relationship with Him through His Son, Jesus Christ. I didn't say we have religion. We have a relationship. We know Him. He's my God. He's my Lord. He dwells within me through the person of the Holy Spirit. I am never alone. The Bible says that all of His promises are yea, yes, in Christ Jesus. His promise is that He'll never leave me nor forsake me. His promise is, get this, I'll provide all of your needs according to my riches in glory. Amen? I mean, the Word of God is filled with promises. And all of those promises are yes, but only when we are in Christ Jesus. And I don't know what it may be that you're struggling with today. And I don't know what it may be that's causing a tremendous amount of stress and pressure in your life. But I want you to know there's a God who loves us. And if we would just turn that over to Him and enter into a relationship with His Son... And then be proactive in what we're doing and stop worrying 
and start praying and start being thankful and change the way we think according to the Word of God, I promise you then, in the midst of that circumstance, while Paul was in a dungeon, that's what he was doing. He dismissed worry. He inserted prayer. He inserted thankfulness. He changed the way he was thinking in the middle of a horrible set of circumstances. And he penned one of the greatest books on joy ever written in the Bible, the book of Philippians. And God's the same thing can happen in your life. You can learn how to experience joy in the midst of tremendous heartache, in the midst of tremendous problems and stress and whatever it may be that you're facing in life. But you've got to quit looking at the problem and start looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of all things. Amen? And change the way we think. I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, as we have a song of invitation this morning. I don't know what your need is today. But I do know there's a God in heaven that is concerned. In everything. With prayer and thanksgiving. Let your petitions be made known unto God. What is it that's causing you stress this morning? What is it that's troubling your spirit or your heart? As we enter into this season of Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, I hope and pray you'll be able to experience the peace of God through all this. The wonderful joy of God through all of this. But you'll only be able to do that when you enter into a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This morning, whatever your need is, if you'd like to come, I'd be glad to pray with you. I'm going to have Paul and Eldon be prepared. If there's others that need to come, they'll be praying with you. But we're here to pray with you. We're here to help you. We're here to point you to the one that can meet every need in your life, and that's Christ. So I'm going to pray, and as we sing, if you have a need, I'm going to invite you to come. Father. We give this time to you. Lord, we're so thankful that you're there for us. In whatever it is that we may be going through, God, you're there. And Father, I pray that right now, I know that sometimes going into these seasons can be difficult times. Maybe some are having Thanksgiving for the very first time without a loved one around the table. Maybe some have lost jobs and they're stressed out about how they're going to pay their bills and even buy a Christmas gift. Some, God, have health concerns for themselves and for their loved ones. God, I pray you'd reveal yourself to your people today. Help us to experience your peace. We can only do that stop worrying, we start praying, we become thankful, we change the way we think. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life. 
if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. That's victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can call, email, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109 in O'Fallon, Illinois. Or come check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.